welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Yo. And today we're talking dynasty players, breakout players, years two and three. Uh, as we know, this is a long-term process playing Dynasty Fantasy Football, and it takes time for some players to come in you know, and have, find success. Last year was an anomaly, as some of the top receivers out there uh, found instant success. Yeah, it was, that was a crazy draft, kind of one of those once-in-a-generation or once-in-every-ten-years type yeah. of draft, I think. Yeah, so if, you, if, you, if last year was your first rookie draft, <laughs> And you know you had your startup draft, and last year's your first rookie draft, and you're like, oh, this is this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, It's not that easy. We're gonna do an episode. Somebody had a good idea. Uh, they want to go through recent drafts, like over the years, how we did a ten year history of trades. Right. They want to go the ten year history of our like our draft picks, like first, second round, kind of like there, and let they want to see how it panned out and. To let you guys know as a little preview of that episode, you're you're in for a rude awakening. How many first round picks turn out to be nobodies? Yeah, and how many like fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks just you never even heard of anymore? Like you can barely remember them. Oh, they'll be first round picks. Yeah, remember Justin Hardy? I know you do. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Justin Hardy in, the, in a deep, well, like probably the second best draft class of all time. Yeah, you took him like fourth overall. No, no, no. It, it was, was pretty high. No, it was later on fifth. No, I think it was like around seventh or something like that. Don't tell fibs to our fans. Uh, well, I guess we'll find out. When we I guess we will. Yeah, who's, Stay who's, tuned. Who's lying and who's telling the <laughs> truth? You know they believe me, right? Yeah, whatever. Well, they'll they'll get to know you a little bit better, and then they won't believe you anymore. Was his name Justin Hardy? No, not Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy's just... Oh, James. James, James Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. yeah, Justin Hardy is now playing for the Falcons. James right. Hardy. That's how long ago, that's how bad he was. See, and we forgot his name. Number one receiver off the board that year, I believe. He might have been. I believe he was, because uh, that was the Jay Stu, Darren McFadden draft. There were a lot of running backs that went high in that one, but I'm, I don't remember if he was the first or, or not. Former receiver drafted by the Buffalo Bills. You loved him. Out of Indiana. Six, I liked him. 6'5". He ran well. He, he came in and was a complete stiff. Did nothing. Yep. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think he like, tweaked the knee or something like that early on and then just never really recovered. Oh, those knee tweaks, man. <laughs> Career enders. Uh, yeah, some guys, you, you lose that even a half a step. Yeah, he would not be on this uh, episode today if we went back seven years ago. For You're sure. right, because he showed nothing. Yeah, ever. He, the only thing he was breaking was his uh, career. Yep. Some of the guys on, on this list that we're going to talk about today, we do, we do like. And we feel like they're in their second or third year. And they're ready to take a, a step forward. And you'll hear, I mean, we have about four tight ends on here. And it's always, it's always a thing that you want to do to remember when it comes to tight ends. They do take two to three years to kind of just kind of do anything, really, for most cases. I mean, the, Kronk, I think, was the big exception uh, to that. He came in and tore it up from his, his rookie year. but Hernandez, too, and Jimmy Graham did pretty well. And those all, all those guys were from the same draft class, ironically, too. But, yeah, they were, they were like, the only, the only ones that really, Ever, pretty much? That I can remember yeah. coming in and just tearing it up right away. Um, uh, most of the time, yeah, it takes about two or three years, sometimes four years, until they can really get everything that they need put together because they got to learn all the blocking, all the routes, and all the protection. Yeah. I mean, so it, it, there's a lot of stuff they got to... Yeah, I think it's cl- I think th- four years is better to go than three. Even people like Ebron, people are, and, and you'll see some of these names. Uh, definitely the guy we were talking about last. How 
here's the thing you don't want to do in Dynasty. People are so quick if like you don't get that instant production. Definitely because you begin more lately instant production to say, oh, this guy, this cast somebody off. They're done. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, most of these guys take two to three years to develop. And that's, again, why you promote the taxi squad because you want to let these guys develop. Because you'll see if you don't have a taxi squad, how many people cut bait and it, these guys go into free agency uh, or somebody else picks them up. And you're like, oh, I drafted that guy. Right. And, he should be on my team, too. Yeah. And then you're just waiting. Again, it goes back to the whole point of just wasting first-round picks. Um, but let's get into it. Let's talk about a guy who's in his second year, a guy that I am absolutely enamored with that I love, Brandon Cooks for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, now, Cooks last year was on pace for 85 catches before he got hurt. And he got hurt in week 11. And before he got hurt, you know, going into week 11, he was wide receiver 22. For this year, on the yeah. year. So he was a wide receiver, too, before he got hurt already in his rookie year. So he was well on pace to be one of the top fantasy rookies last year. And now that, you know, Kenny Stills is gone, Jimmy Graham's gone, he's going to be their top target. He's going to be the man that they're going to want to go to. And he still finished last year getting weak, hurt week uh, 11 as wide receiver 51. Now, is that something to like, oh, wide receiver 51? That's not, that's not great. But this shows you... It, where he was right you know? i mean he only played 10 games you said week 11 so there must have been a buy in there because i'm showing up as, as 10 games i mean that's yeah. six games he missed that's a big chunk of the season oh to yeah. still you know be in the top 51 that's a, that's a pretty good ranking no i agree i mean that's yeah. i think he's gonna dominate and this is a guy we both had on our list the important thing is i mean he was in a reduced role compared to what he's going to be in in you know next year this coming year so i mean his, his role is just going to expand and obviously i mean he's going to get a little bit better between year one and year two so i mean i think Definitely, this guy is a guy that you have to look out for. I think he's going to have a great season, and and I do see big things for him. Yeah, better grasp the whole offense and a whole as well. You know, and being in New Orleans with Sean Payton, who had you know who's a great offensive mind. I I just really love Cooks. I mean, I've taken him high as a second round in a dynasty startup this year, late towards the end of the second round. Because again, I think he's going to be a PPR monster. I think he's going to be kind of like that Antonio Brown kind of player. Because you got to remember when he came out, I mean, we were down on him originally for a size going, coming out of the draft, and then we went to New Orleans. You know, we all fell in love with him. Yep. Uh, and he's just, he's an ex- explosive, quick, elusive player that has extremely high ceiling. And he's somebody that I can see. And people are going to be down on him because of uh, touchdowns. You know, they're going to, well, he's not going to score as much in touchdowns as this guy. And I, I don't see that as being a true fact. You know, that's like saying, what, Antonio Brown's not going to score touchdowns because he's small as well? I mean, this is offense that's going to create space for him, and he should still be able to produce touchdowns. Right. I mean, he's not going to be catching, you know, jump balls in the corner of the end zone, but uh, he can still catch those little quick outs and quick in routes and stuff like that if they're down close to the, uh, close to the goal line. So, yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to be totally negated down in that area and, and be like, you know, a two-touchdown guy or something like that. No, me neither. I'm again. I think he's going to be anywhere from five to ten touchdowns on a year. Uh, somewhere that you know, it's oh, way to go on the limb, Rich. You know, yeah, big, I, big yeah, broad yeah. range you got I, there. I was going to say I probably see him a little closer to the five range, which isn't bad. I mean, I think he's going to catch no. a lot of passes, and I think he's going to get a lot of yards. Exactly. I think touchdowns for him, and if that's if you're going to go, oh, he's going to catch that many touchdowns. Listen, this guy's going to catch probably close to a hundred balls. I mean, ninety balls going to him is not going to surprise me whatsoever. Me neither. I mean, I just really think that. He's somebody that's going to be a player that's going to be able to win you championships. You know, he's going to be the kind of player that he's going to finish at the low end wide receiver one at train, or probably most likely high end wide receiver two. But there'll be years that he finishes, I believe, 
you know, because it's just, you know, kind of like Wes Welker. Yeah. Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. He's going to finish just because of the amount of catches he, receive, he receives. Um, like Pierre Garçon with his inflated uh, catches to one year. He's going to finish really high just on in all PPR leagues. And okay. that's where I love him, obviously, in PPR leagues. Yeah, we are definitely talking PPR. Yeah, and just for, just to go off note, anytime we ever talk anything is PPR. It always is because hopefully, hopefully by now people know that. But you know, maybe somebody's new to the show. I get uh, tweets and emails all the time. Hey, just found your show and I love it. Right. And I write back, I love you too. <laughs> and that's it. That's all it says. I love you too. Creepy. <laughs> that was my first and last episode. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> Unfollow. So Brandon Cooks, we both love him. He mo- he he made both our list. You know, breakout player. He's not somebody you can go buy low because everybody kind of everybody. He's a, he's a player that I'm sure is on a lot of people's list. Yes, I but, mean, I think he showed enough last year that, that you know, that, that was a fairly obvious. And we're not talking about guys like Jeremy Hill, who kind of broke out last year. DeAndre Hopkins, you know, who's in his third year. We're not going to talk about him. You know, players like that, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans. Right. Those right. guys have already, those guys broke out last year. Right. Uh, and they're already considered top end first round of a startup draft. But yeah, picks. somebody might be potentially a little bit down on Brandon Cooks just because he got injured, and maybe they think that could, that'll continue. They might want to cash break out. out. Yeah, they might want to cash out now while he's he's got a little bit of a name. I mean, I don't know. That's not me, but you know, maybe there's people thinking, out there, and yeah. there's league mates of yours as well that'll look at it like, oh, Brandon Cooks finishes wide receiver fifty three last year. Meanwhile, Odell Beckham finishes wide receiver twelve. It's like, okay, buddy, <laughs> good job on that. So Brandon Cooks, like him. Uh, next guy that I really like that I omitted from my list, but it's funny because as soon as I we decided to do this podcast, he was like the first guy I thought of, right. and that's John Brown for the Cardinals, and that's the first guy you rattled off to me when you walked into the studio. Right. I mean, I just thought it was it was pretty obvious. There's been a lot of off season hype around this Tons. guy. Yeah. So, um, I just think with the with the factors of uh, Larry Fitzgerald and, and I mean I, he's obviously on a decline a little bit. And uh, Michael Floyd, I don't know if that guy's ever really going to get it. He's probably going to be gone after this year. He might be. But I think this guy, I mean, in Bruce Arians' offense, um, they really do use this guy's position well. And and I think he's got all of the talent in the world. And I think he he definitely showed it last year. Best coach in the world. I mean, this is a guy that I've loved since his combine. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast for over a year, John Brown's not a new name to you. Right. And most of you guys who are podcast listeners probably have John Brown on your roster because we told you to draft him no later than the third round uh, during his during the the rookie drafts of last year. We we were we've been on the John Brown gravy train since March. Right. And I came out and I always said, "There's always those one guy. There's always one guy to combine that kind of like really grasped me, and that was John Brown that year. And right now, Bruce Arians is comparing this guy to Marvin Harrison, and Marvin Harrison knows how to not Marvin Harrison, but Bruce Arians knows how to scheme for his wide receivers. He, he's done it his whole career. He's a quarterback guru. He helps his wide receivers, and these people have been talking up John Brown like no tomorrow. And John Brown, I mean, again, he had 48 receptions last year, but they're talking about they're, they wanted to get him more balls. Right. Larry Fitzgerald is understanding that his role has changed in Arizona. He's no longer that big play receiver. He's more of a possession receiver. Uh, He's a moving the chains guy. He really yes, is. absolutely. And they used Michael Floyd last year as a decoy, and I know they want to change that, and they don't want to use Michael Floyd consistently like that. But, again, I, I, I still think it wouldn't surprise me if the number one fantasy player out of the system this year is John Brown. I think he's he has all the big playability that they're looking for, and I think yeah, that could be that could be his thing where he we ends up outpacing both those guys in fantasy points. Yeah, I think out of all the names on here, and and in the dynasty community, John Brown is he's known. Yeah, but I think he's a player 
that a lot of redraft guys don't know about that you're going to be able to get late in redrafts. So when you do your redrafts, you can kind of steal him later. Mm-hmm. But I think after this year, he's going to be a guy that redraft players know. Right. And he's going he's to bump himself up a couple rounds because he's really going to come away as just a better player. And I really think he's going to be a wide re- I think his potential is to be a consistent wide receiver too. I really do. I mean, I really like his potential. And I, again, Bruce Arians, now your head coach is always going to talk up the players. But I don't hear him talking about Michael Floyd. No, yeah, exactly. And and if you were like, hey, which one of these three wide receivers do you want to own from the, the Arizona Cardinals? It'd be John Brown for me. I think he's got the highest upside. Pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, I just I just don't think that Michael Floyd's ever going to put it together completely. He kind of had a glimpse of it, but I just I I see him kind of just fading down where John Brown's arrows pointing way up right you know now. No, I see like Michael Floyd as kind of to me like who's like his equal kind of like he'll go somewhere else probably too. He's like Torrey Smith. You know, I I think last year was like a really bad year for him. Um, I think he's better than that. I think he's a good football player, but I think he'll be one of those guys that's always kind of frustrating. You know what I mean? He's gonna, you know, he'll he'll be kind of like early Vincent Jackson. You know, really good game, then a bad game. You know, then maybe another bad game, then a really good game. Kind of, I don't like players like that because they force you to put them in your lineup a lot of times, and then they screw you, and they screw you. Yep. And those are the guys you don't want it come playoff time because yeah, they could win it to you, but they can also lose it for you come playoff. So. Yeah, Michael Floyd to me is kind of like I'm hoping he kind of does like well this year, or or go, like or he leaves in the off season, kind of signs somewhere else like people like like. He'd be somebody I kind of want to sell just because I don't trust I don't trust him either. I like him, you know. I'm not like oh he sucks, but again, I he he reminds me of those players that are a little too inconsistent. He's me. not a, yeah, he's not a guy I want on my team. John Brown, I want him. Yeah, I would take John Brown for and sure. And I got him. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I made sure I got him. At least you you know didn't gloat about it. Yeah, well, that's what I do best. Uh, <laughs> I'm number one. Woo. So, John Brown, yes, uh, if he's somebody you can get for, again, most of these guys are probably going to be out there that you're not going to be able to target and get because they're going to be a little more expensive. But I think John Brown's somebody you can get for. There's definitely one guy on the list I want to hear because I want to talk to Dynasty, at Dynasty Tommy about. He made a really good point about him because he's been trying to get him in all his leagues. Uh, but I think John Brown's attainable. And I think the price that you pay now, if you feel like it's a little high, will look like a deal. Down and the road. Down the road. Yeah, definitely. And there's another guy in here that I want to say that about, too. Um, but John Brown. And moving on. And moving next on. guy we had both on our list, Teddy B. Yeah, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. The guy we hyped up last year as the number one quarterback forever. Then we kind of, like, after the draft, kind of let it get away from us. And we kind of. I actually, that was the guy I came around with. I came around yeah. on and had him number one after all, everything said and done. I had Johnny as number one forever. Yeah. Not Johnny, I mean Teddy B. And then, like, at the end, like, in a dr- when it came down to, like, draft, like, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Johnny just because I'm a homer. And I think he's going to be sweet. Boy, was I wrong on that. Good Lord. But I'll hom- still write on Teddy. Those orange glasses, really. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get me sometimes. I'm still excited. When the Browns make the playoffs this year, it's going to be the best thing ever. Uh, and I, I'm sorry. How many, I'm sorry. You, Did you just say that the Browns are going to make the playoffs? You and how many thousands of people oh, just now God. laughed at the same time? Yeah. Well, we're... Whoever's listening, to yeah, mind. exactly. <laughs> Mark my words. Yeah, whatever. The Browns are making the playoffs this year. Mark my words. The Browns are going to win three games. Oh my goodness, that's nonsense. We'll debate that off the air. We can. <laughs> so, all, I, all I have to say is look at Josh. Look at our quarterback, Josh McGowan. The Browns are better in every aspect of their team. They went seven and nine last year. Three wins. All right, carry on. Um, you know you're mostly wrong, and I'm mostly right. But you know, moving on. Teddy B. Now we have it on tape, though. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> we'll talk in nine months. Yep. Uh, 
reporters are already saying that Teddy's in more command of the offense, which makes sense coming into his second year. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Norv Turner loves him. Norv says he's, loves him. He's saying guy. he's like a top five quarterback right now. And Teddy B's only 22. And I think Teddy B now, I don't think when we say take a step forward, I think out of all these li- other people on the list here, like he's going to come in and be like, oh, quarterback number five. You know what I mean? But I think this is the year he's going to show with the talent. And I think Adrian Peterson is going to be a huge factor in this, that he is legit. He was a clear-cut co- number one quarterback in that draft class, and he is somebody that you're going to want to own in the future at the quarterback position with quarterback one upside. going. To the- I mean, he was QB 22 last year, but again, I – I loved everything I saw about Teddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to build the offense around him. They're already doing good things. They're already ready to cut bait on Corderell Patterson. But, you know, bringing in Mike Wallace is going to help as well. Charles Johnson, who's on our list as well. And, again, you know, Kyle Rudolph coming back healthy. And Adrian Peterson is going to do wonders for any quarterback. The guy who single-handedly took Christian Ponder to the playoffs. Oh, God. I couldn't agree with you more, Rich. I mean, I think this is the year that he's definitely going to show it. I think he showed enough last year that, that you can see his – I guess career arc going in the right direction. I mean, whereas and obviously Johnny's is just like a you know downhill like, like the St. Louis arc up yeah. and down. Yeah, just a total downhill. But but I think Teddy's is looking great. I mean, I, out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he's the one I want to own the most. I think he, I think he has the most upside. I think his offense, you know, just having Norvell as your your uh, offensive coordinator is probably one of the better offensive coordinators you could have as a as a young quarterback as well out of any of the guys that got drafted last year. So I, I just think he's definitely going to at least solidify himself as a guy that, that in the future is going to be a top five to ten guy. He's 22. Yeah, he's, he's really young. I mean, all the, everything you read this offseason, he's bulking up, you know, which I that was one of my criticisms about him last year. He was so skinny. Yeah, he was, he was lanky. So he did bulk up a little bit, as, which is good, and, and – He's probably he's not going to take as many hits this year just because he's got AP back there and they're not going to be able to just rush the passer no. and come right after him, you know. So things are going to open up a lot just from that aspect, and I really really like where his career is going, and I think this year he's going to prove it to everybody. Yeah, I mean him and like him and Jameis are like the two young guys that I'm like, oh man, I want to like I want to share them in every dynasty league, right? You know what I mean? Like if I'm doing a startup draft, like I'm feel comfortable like waiting on my quarterback, you know, taking you know, a big Ben or, you know, even like a Tom Brady later and then grabbing like a mate. And then I'm like, no matter what, when I feel like the time is right, I'll reach around and <laughs> whoa, reach whoa. around. Hey, huh? <laughs> I'll, I'll reach up around. You really like these guys. And uh, <laughs> I'll make sure I grab one of these guys. Prefer. Yeah. I mean, I still would rather have preferably Jameis, uh, but by not by like a mile. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, Cause I think Teddy B has a potential to be like a, like a top eight fancy quarterback for a long time i think Jameis has the potential to be like a top four kind of guy yeah but there's a little bit more risk with Jameis. i think oh for sure i mean just just on pure knuckleheadness he's got mike evans i yeah, yeah i know i mean i like i'm saying i i think that the the downside is just his knuckleheadness i think that's i think that's immaturity and i think uh He's never shown that on the field. You know what I mean? He's never had a problem. That's the thing with like Jameis. Like he's never really had a problem on the field. No, no. I'm just worried about him not being available to be on the field. Listen, he's got enough cash. He can buy his own crab legs now. Okay, everything's good in the hood. All uh, right. So Teddy B, we all like him here. I'm sure if Mike was here today, he would say Teddy B too. I think so as well. Uh, next guy, we have the guy that you had on your list, Jarvis Landry. Listen, I mean the guy. I think he was. 
I think he was underrated coming out because he ran that really slow. I think like four killed him seven forty or something mm-hmm. like that. And obviously he showed he showed better in, even in his pro day. But I think everyone still just remembered that four seven. Had eighty four catches last year and finishes wide receiver thirty two in PPR leagues. Eighty four catches, yeah. And now I mean I think he's going to be really the number one guy for a while there, at least until mm-hmm. Devontae Parker. What you're uh, in? It, I, I can't disagree. Here's the thing with Landry, and I'm kind of torn on Like, I like Landry. This is not like a knock on Landry. Mm-hmm. I kind of think he'll always be like a high-end wide receiver three, which you need, you know what I mean? But I just see, like, because of his speed and stuff like that, I think he'll be a PPR guy, like the 85 catches. But last year, he had 84 catches, which is phenomenal for a rookie, right? Absolutely. And he finishes wide receiver 32, you know, right. behind, yeah. behind Torrey Smith. You know, but ahead of guys like Andre Johnson and, you know, Marcus Colston and, you know, guys like that, Pierre Garçon. But, again, I – so for me, for breakout, like, he's the only guy I think on your list – well, there's two guys on your list I'm not, like, overly enamored with. But he's, like, one of the guys, like, I don't think, ooh, breakout. Okay. But go on. I, 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 I can't even remember what I was talking about anymore. Sorry. Yeah, you just cut me off like that. But I think he's, I think he's got a lot more upside than just to being, like, a low-end wide receiver three. I think I think he can be a solid wide receiver too. You think so? Yeah. There's only room for 24 of those guys. I know. Okay. I think he's I think he's a damn good player, man. I think he's a good player too. And again, there's nothing wrong with being a wide receiver three. Like you you need wide right. receiver. Yeah. Three. Most yeah. teams don't have wide receivers three. So if he does like where I think he'll be like a middle of the pack wide receiver three, maybe high end wide receiver three, and if his catches can get up there, I think he'll be like I think what's going to rely on him, which I don't like because of his size, is like touchdowns is going to be his make and break point. And, again, last year, the guy didn't have one game. I mean, he came close. He had 99 yards versus New England, but they have one game over 100 yards. So he is going to be like a true possession receiver. He's not averaging, you know, tons of I – mean, he averaged nine yards a catch. But, I mean, Mike Wallace, gone. Um, but Kenny, I think Kenny Stills takes his place for that aspect. You know what I mean? Like, Kenny Stills is now the Mike Wallace. And the, but the, you think Kenny Stills is as good as Mike Wallace? Well – I don't think he is. No, no. So I think Devontae so, Parker could be better than Mike Wallace. And they brought in Jordan Cameron, who's got size, too. I think those guys kind of take away for, from the touchdown aspect of it, I guess. But I think you've you got to look at it. You know, um, Jordan Cameron and Jarvis Landry, I think, are going to be Ryan Tannehill's best friend. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a great downfield passer. And I think what, what Jarvis Landry does and what Jordan Cameron does, they, what they do, is catch you know over the middle type of stuff, and they're mm-hmm. more possession guys. I think they're going to get a ton of production in in that area of the field. Yeah, I mean Brian Hartline gone, Mike Wallace gone, and I think I think Jarvis Landry gets a little bit from both of those guys. I think a little bit too, and I agree. I agree, and I think that's what moves them up to like high end wide receiver three. I think that's what does it. But again, that's where again I don't. I'm not saying. Like, I disagree with you, like, drastically. Right, right. It's a mild disagreement. Yeah, I think you're saying, I'm saying he's more of a low-end wide receiver two, and you're saying he's more of a low-end wide receiver three, which, you know, no, wh- no. what is that? like? A- Middle, higher, wide right. receiver well, three potential. Oh, well, what's the difference? Like, 50 points or something like that? I mean, you know, like. Yeah, what's 50 points, man? Championship. No, I know, but, I mean, I think we're we're arguing over, you know, not much. Yeah, well, it's fun to argue sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. agree all the time, right? Can't agree all the it's time. It's just, I just think, I think you're on a, on that, I think there's, like, you know, there's people that, really dig Jarvis Landry like oh I gotta get me some Jarvis Landry and I think that's kind of like the train that you're on oh yeah I would scoop up Jarvis Landry and he's somebody that I like and I would like to get on my team as well to start it's just I feel like he's somebody like I feel it'd be like a good guy to like flip with like another guy to get like a better player you know what I mean I 
I think his seal. I guess it's the ceiling is what I see with him. That is, I just, again, I just see him more consistent, which is not a bad thing mm-hmm. because you need those guys on your team. I mean, everybody needs a wide receiver three. Everybody needs a running back two. You know, everybody has wide receiver ones. And some people love to have a wide receiver three as their wide as their on their dynasty team as a wide receiver two. You know, what I mean, because their teams out there don't even have that. True statement. So it's not like this isn't redraft. People aren't going in order. You know, there's teams that have three wide receiver ones on their team, and then you're stuck with three wide receiver threes. Yep. Picking fifth in your dynasty rookie draft because you can't get over the hump. <laughs> so, yeah, Travis Landry. Again, I'm a fan. Probably not as big a fan as some people, but uh, I like him. He's somebody I would definitely start on my roster. Uh, if applicable, but he's he's something I easily easily see like replaceable. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can see him. I, I'd love to have him as like if I'm a championship team. I guess the best way to put it is like I'd love to have him as my wide receiver four. Somebody I can kind of do matchups matchups against. I got you. Bye week fill in type yeah. of guy as long as he's got a favorable matchup. But the truth is, in PPR leagues, he's consistent. He's gonna be he's gonna be somebody. He's gonna be consistent because he's gonna get you about twelve points a game, which is double digit points, which right. you love. But you know, I like to shoot for the stars, go NASA on you, and uh, I'm looking for guys who score touchdowns. I I mean, I think 12, 12, 13 points is like his floor every week. You know, like I think he can do. I think if, you know, you throw in a couple of touchdowns here and there, and and I think he's gonna have a decent year. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look back at his games, you know, starting he didn't catch anything in the first game versus uh, New England, but nine points, uh, five points, seven points. Then he had 19 points. Then right. he had eight points. Then he had five points. And then you know what I mean. So it's kind of like right. But I think he's going to get a few more targets and a few agree. more catches per game. Okay. And and that's where I see it. The, the see the floor bumping up a little bit this year. And you're I mean, you're not even letting there be any room for improvement either. I mean, in his overall game. I just think it's it's getting a little bit more crowded over there with talent. You know, again, you know, I think Lamar Miller's going to get you know do a little better this year. I'm, I'm a huge Tannehill fan, so I think with that comes better for Landry. But again, right. I'm a really big Devontae Parker fan. We'll see how Jordan if Jordan Cameron can keep his head on straight. I think he hurts like red zone targets. And I think Kenny Stills will still be a nice outside threat. And then Greg Jennings will uh take his wheelchair and mold around in there and catch some balls too. <laughs> so um let's move on. Let's go on a little nice tight tight end run here. All right. What do you think about it. that? Let's do it, man. Tight ends. Uh Tyler like, Efert. I like tight ends. No, oh, I know. I know we all do. <laughs> Most of us do. I think no matter which way you go, you like a tight end. <laughs> so Tyler Efert, you know, he didn't play last year, lost. He got dislocated his elbow week one. Right. And he was somebody who was kind of on the radar, like, ooh, here we come, year two. Tyler Efert, step yeah, it up. Yeah. And, you know, no more Jermaine Gresham. The guy's six six, so he's going to be a total red zone factor there. And I wouldn't be surprised if this guy's, like, leads, he's second in the team in targets behind A.J. Green. Definitely with a guy like Andy Dalton. You know, somebody that's going to need that guy, that safety net over the middle. You know, Marvin Jones is more of a deep threat. Uh, touchdown guy, kind of like a Mike Wallace, you know, aspect of it. Mohamed Sanu showed he could step in last year, but Mohamed Sanu is nothing like overly special. Uh, nobody, if, you know, he he needs more injury to have probably more success in my eyes. Because I know, I, I mean, I don't know, but you know, I'm from what I've from what I've read and studied is I know they like Marvin Jones a lot there in Cincinnati. I think they I think they like Marvin Jones more than Sanu personally. I mean, I think you know last year Sanu kind of just build in uh, you know keeping the seat warm for marvin jones while he was injured so um yeah as far as getting back to tyler i've heard this is a guy like i kind of don't know which way to lean on him uh-huh. i kind of feel like he's one of those guys that he definitely had the upside coming out first round pick first round pick but for 
for some reason, it's, it's something doesn't feel right to me. Like I'm not, I'm not sure what it is exactly. Your gut, you got that Bush Davis gut. I got feeling. that gut feeling that he's just not tough enough or something. I hear you, man. I mean, he's one of those players. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and the thing with him though, I think a lot of people are going to be like that. Again, it's you're coming into year three and you've done nothing so far, so it's easy to kind of forget a guy who's done nothing in two years to kind of cast him away, kind of what we talked about early in the show. Right. And you forget that this guy was a first round pick, I think top twenty first round pick. Um, a guy that was a, like he was the number one tight end the year he came out. Absolutely, uh, first round former rookie pick, and right now the reviews coming out of Cincinnati are are really good about him. That he's mm-hmm. catching everything. He's a hundred percent healthy. Uh, so this I think I think he has a chance. Again, it's not that hard to become a a tight end one either. It's not that hard to get into that transfer to become a tight end one in fantasy. No, and there's a lot of balls to go around. Then Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. So, but I think he could become that top top eight fantasy tight end this year just to, you know again i mean gresham did get a lot of targets in cincinnati it's just he dropped a lot of balls you know what i mean i mean the, the opportunity was there for gresham it's just he couldn't capitalize on it because of stone hands and i think this the offense can kind of again like i said i don't i wouldn't be surprised if he was second in targets this year and if he could stay healthy i have no reason to believe that this guy can't end up even as a possible pro bowl tight end or even as a top five top six fantasy tight end I personally just I'm not I'm not feeling that good about him. You're not buying it. Not like you. No, I don't feel like I don't feel like you. I think I think he's going to have like a mediocre 500 yard season, something like that. Like something where you can't really use him, but you don't want to get rid of him. Like he's just kind of been going to be middling. See, I see I see him higher up than that. Like t- I see him catching like 70 balls right around there, which is really good for a tight end. Oh yeah, you know anywhere from seven hundred to nine hundred yards. Not nine hundred. That's overdoing, but like seven hundred yards, eight hundred yards. Again, which is good for a tight end. Yeah. And I think here, I think what's going to make a difference for him. What I like again, what I like about him, is his size. With the six six size, is it, and he, the way he catches the ball really well. I mean, he is a receiving tight end. Touchdowns. I think what's going to be his bread and butter, and where, it's going to, where he's going to stand at the end of the year, which is you can say this about a lot of players though, is in at the red zone. I think he's going to capitalize. I think he's. I think he's a player that the Bengals need to get over that hump that they always had. He needs to step up and kind of be that red zone threat because you know the focus is right now on AJ Green and they have Jeremy Hill who's going to be a focus too, and that's you're going to pound the rock as well. But if you want somebody to, you know, if you're second looking or you're making you're scheming for plans, I mean you're going to scheme for a guy like uh, Tyler Eifert. So again, I think. I think that he is going to take a step. I mean, obviously, I'm, I put him on my list, so I think he's going to take a step forward, and I'm kind of excited to see what he does. Definitely because he was somebody I really liked coming out in his rookie year, and I was really excited about him, and I haven't seen anything from him yet. So, and you know, I love, uh, I love, I think the tight end position is just one of my favorite positions to kind of grab that edge on somebody. So I feel like he's somebody you could probably get really cheap right now, and he's worth the gamble on, I guess. You wouldn't. You I don't. Wouldn't. No, I wouldn't, and I don't. It's just a feel thing for me, too. I just, I don't. I don't think he can do it. I don't think when I see him play, I don't see an elite tight end. Okay. I hear you. So I just don't think, I don't think he's going to do it. All right. Well, one of us will be right. One of us will be wrong. Uh, Speaking of elite tight ends, let's move on. Let's to move on. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Now this guy's on both, both our lists. Yeah. Uh, big Kelsey fan, but you know, there's no buying low on Kelsey. The, the hype train on this guy is through 
the roof. And I don't even know if we can really put him on here. He pretty much already broke out last year. I mean, 67 receptions, 862 yards. That's Those are pretty decent numbers, man. And he fits Alex Smith what he does perfectly. Yeah. And he's been – yeah, I guess he's kind of hard to put on there. He is kind of hard to put on there. I think, I think we both so wanted young. to put him on there because we both really like him. Uh, Everybody likes him. Dynasty. Everyone likes him, dude. He's a mismatch. He's an animal. He's just a. He's he's what you want. That's what I when I see this guy play, and he's like all over the field making plays. That's what I see as a tight end one, and that's what I don't see. From he's Tyler, my number three over Tyler tight end dynasty over altogether. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. He's, so yeah, well, yeah, big breakout. Yeah. Hey, he's uh, number three overall right. in tight ends. Right. Exactly. Where, where's he breaking to? Uh, he's breaking your championship game, yeah. baby, is what he's doing. He's actually not going to beat any of the other two guys, but, uh, yeah, he's awesome. Lives downtown Cleveland mm-hmm. with, uh, with a guy now. Say what? Kelsey lives downtown Cleveland. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Wow. You, you know his roommate. Uh, all right, we'll move on here then because we all agree to uh, agree on you'll Kelsey. To, you'll have to let me know who that is after, off air. I will. I yeah. will. Uh, so if you ever want to hang out with Travis Kelsey, we can probably arrange that. Sweet. Uh, moving on to another guy here. Now, this is a guy, another tight end. Now, you have him on your list, and I do not have him on my list. I didn't even consider him. I'm not as high on a gravy train. But tell, tell us your next guy. Um, I would love to. But you my, have a computer problem? My computer's froze up. It's Zach Ertz. It's Zach Ertz. That's right. Um, I don't have anything in front of me because it froze. Oh, you just can't go off your, your Well, I, No, I mean, I guess I could. He had around 700 yards last year. I mean, I think definitely in Philadelphia's offense, Obviously, he's the tight end own. Brent Selleck is still there, but that guy's just a blocking back. And I think he's young. He's been improving both years, and I I would want anything to I want any, anything in Chip Kelly's anything offense. in Chip Kelly's offense. Yeah. I want a part of. Kind of surprising where he finished with that seven hundred yards. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't really guess it at seven hundred yards throughout right. the year. Still finishes tight ends thirteen. You yeah. know what I mean? So he wasn't even a tight end one. And they had flux there at the the. QB position, I mean, mm-hmm. throughout the year, too. So he's catching passes from different guys and, and still showed the chemistry. So you see him j- jumping into that, like, what, tight end one, I guess? I think he's going to be a reliable tight end one this year, yeah. So you like him over Eifert? Yes, I would definitely. Significantly? Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't. I'm kind of like on that. I, I almost, I, you know what, I kind of feel like on Zach Ertz, kind of probably how, exactly how you feel about Eifert. Okay. You know what I mean? So we got, we got a flip-flopper right there between the two of us. Um, yeah, I mean, he played 40.5% of his snaps as a rookie, which kind of helps, you know, and he progressed uh, last year to 50% of the snaps. So, I mean, he's kind of, kind of, you're going to move up the charts a little bit there. And, uh, you know, Brent Selleck, he's, he's old. Right. I mean, I think that, I mean, his rookie year, they were using Selleck a lot to block because I don't think Eifert could, I mean, uh, Zach Ertz could really do it. And I think he's slowly working his way in. I mean, this is what we're talking about when we say tight ends take a while because they, they have to learn, uh-huh. you know, several different, portions of the offense before they can get it all down so i think this is the year where he he kind of puts it all together chip kelly leans on him a little bit and he's used in the offense more. same thing i say about eifer i think he's right. going to need like touchdowns to kind of really help take him to that like next level i mean he has seven career touchdowns in two years which is you know for tight end i mean i guess for most tight ends other bread and butter is going to come in tight ends because nobody's nobody's not everybody's grunk and jimmy graham or travis kelsey's going to be right right you're talking about their, their bread and butter is their touchdown production. Is mm-hmm. that what yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you catch 10 touchdowns, I mean, if you're like a Julius Thomas, for example. Yeah, you're super catching valuable. Catching tons right. of touchdowns and right. everybody loves you. Right. Then all of a sudden you go to Jacksonville and people are like, eh, I'll bump you down the list a little bit down here. Poor guy. Yeah, can't stay healthy either. Um, so Zach Ertz, I'm, I don't have a whole lot to say about Zach Ertz. Uh, he, he was on your list, so I wrote him down here too. He's just somebody like, 
he falls on the category for me. Like I don't ever even think about Zach Ertz. Like he's not somebody I'd probably draft. You know, even though I draft, I do have him in one of my dynasty leagues. I took him and Travis Kelsey in the same year, mm-hmm. so I do own him in a league. So I'm, but I'm also hoping that he does well, so I could just flip him because I do have. It's like it just so happens the league I have Gronkowski, Kelsey, Jordan Cameron, Zachary. I have tons of talent. I took Max Williams this year, so I'm like hoping right, he pans o- out. You're flipping. overloaded there. Yep. And I think I took him like the fourth round. I think that year that rookie draft as well. So it wasn't like an, an early investment. He was my best player available, but he's just a man kind of like uh on. You know, almost like Eifert. I, I don't. I don't really expect a whole lot. I think he maybe he does finish as like wide receiver, like or tight end, like nine, eight, somewhere right there. Like again, those guys don't really ever excite me. I'm always pursuing like tight top four, top five tight ends. Those are guys I want on my roster. Which are th- hard to get. I mean, I think this guy is going to be eventually a a top for sure, a top ten, and and most likely a top five type of guy. Wow, top five, huh? So yeah. you really like her? Yeah, I do. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't put up the clunkers. I mean, there's only there's very few. There's maybe like two or three from last year that were like total clunker games where you're where you're scoring like three points. Um, so if he can just clean that clean that up just a little bit, and I think. You know, the more he's going to get on the field, the, you know, obviously the cleaner that's going to get and the less little clunker games. Everyone has one every once in a while. Yeah. Um. So I, I really do. I think he's a guy that's going to be consistently, you know, you're going to be able to rely on him. So that's what I, I especially, you know, if you can get him as your, your tight end too, which would be ridiculous. Um, that would be ridiculous I mean, if it feels that way. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, that's the kind of guy that you would love to have, but then he's got huge upside and it's, a, you know. You're obviously in a winning position at that point. Yeah, again, I mean, and that, most people, if you don't have the elite tight end, that's what they're just looking for, consistency. Right. Somebody right. can rely on. Give me 8, 12 points a game. You know I mean, just give me something. You know, I just need something from my tight end. But I, I think he's going to surpass that. I think that's really just okay. his floor. All right, let's talk about the next guy here that's on your list, Josh Hill. So, I mean, there's not many stats to back up this Josh Hill not hype at all. at all. And I think, honestly, I think... I think that Josh Hill train, I mean, the hype on him, you go back two months ago, was insane. Right. And I was even buying at it. You know, they're talking like, you know, Sean Payne at the time was like, oh, we have Josh Hill. Uh, he's going to come in. He's 6'5", 250. But now, like, after like, I let it sit there and marinate for a little bit, I feel like almost they're just saying that out of default to defend themselves from the, you know, Jimmy Graham trade. They, they might have had to do a little bit of damage control. Yeah. And now they're even saying, like, uh, you know, ESPN, the Saints reporter for Mike Triplett for the uh, Saints, says that the their team might probably utilize like a committee approach for their tight end position. And like you said, there's no stats to go by. I mean, right. the guy had 44 yards in 2013, 176 the last year. Not fault of his. You know, when you have Jimmy Graham, there, you know, you're playing second fiddle to the best tight ends in the league. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Last year, he did like he did steal some production, especially um, touchdown production, right out from underneath Jimmy yeah, had Graham. Five. Yeah, he had five touchdowns. I mean, he only had how many catches? Four, uh, 14. 14 receptions, and yep. five of them were touchdowns. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, those are, I mean, those are good ratios. So, I mean, I think that paints enough of a picture that says he can be a red zone threat at the very least for uh, Sean Payton. But, I mean, obviously his use is going to go up, way up, even if he's in a tight end uh, committee, quote unquote, yeah. with, with uh, uh, Watts in there. Oh. I mean, I think obviously. Watson has shown that he is a old B just a backup tight end. Yeah. If so you're I, starting Ben Watson in your, in your fantasy lineup, you're in big trouble. I'm just talking about in the saints lineup. Like yeah. if he's your number one tight end, I, I mean, I just, you're I think in trouble in still. Trouble. Yeah. And I think that may be where the committee thing comes from. Cause I mean, they don't know how much they can rely on Josh Hill yet, but I think as the year goes on, 
And I think Sean Payton did talk him up enough that I feel comfortable saying that he's going to be the number one fantasy tight end from that group. And I think he's going to be, as far as, you know, last year he got 14 receptions for 176 yards. I think he's going to far exceed that. Which oh, is yeah, why for sure. He's going to be definitely on the tight end two radar at the very least. The and very to, least. And to me, going from 14 catches and 160 or 176 yards to like a, tight, a bona fide tight end two, that's a bust out for me. I mean, I think he's definitely breaking out. And, you know, that's the bottom. That's the bottom of what I see his production. So you're calling this guy like acne, man. He's just going to be all over the place, just break out. I think so. I mean, I think so. Like, not like back back acne, but like just on the face. <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think the dude is going to put up some pretty decent numbers. Yeah, and I, I guess, I mean, again, I think for me, like for the way it did for me, because I was all over this train too, because, you know, again, back to the time, I, like, I enjoy tight ends. Right, right. Uh, I want that next big tight end. I'm like, yep, this guy's going to be it. They're talking him up. Saints offense, Jimmy Graham is gone. They got Marcus Colson. They only have Brandon Cooks. They got rid of Kenny Stills. You know, who they're going to throw the ball to. Right. And all this still leads to good things for Josh Hill. But again, at the same time, I'm kind of like, man, there's nothing to really like. We're just literally going on like what they're saying there. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. And I, that's I, it. And, you know, obviously camp is starting up right now. So we'll get a better feel, I think, once those things get starting on a lot of these guys, not just Josh Hill. Because, I mean, if, if they're still saying good things and he's getting like a lot of first team reps, which is something you really want to look at, who's getting the reps there throughout training camp um then i'll feel even i'll feel even better about that prediction of him breaking out i think i'm in a mindset that brandon cooks and cj spiller are going to catch every single ball in new orleans they're going to have 200 catches each and i'm gonna look i'm gonna look great in the fantasy world because i said cj spiller is my number one sleeper of the year and then Brandon Cooks is just somebody I'm adoring. It would. Is C.J. Spiller going to uh, jump up on Brandon Cooks' shoulders in the red zone or something? Who you they? know it. <laughs> They're going to have it. to throw to somebody, man. You know? Hop on, buddy. Yeah. Do, do, do. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I would love that. That'd be uh, awesome. But, the no, best uh, thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So, so they're going to need some guys with some size, and I think he definitely fills that. And again, I think, he's gonna, I, think his, I think his biggest step where if he finishes high, it's not going to be on tons of catches and tons of yards. It's going to be on touchdowns. Right. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Josh Hill has 10 touchdowns, definitely the quarterback like Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And if, a guy, if your tight end's catching 10 touchdowns, that's going to help you out and finish it as somewhere in that tight end one category. So, yeah, I see it. Like, I'm not as hot down on Josh Hill. It's just kind of like I'm more excited to see what ha- like what does happen of Josh Hill. You know, he broke into our top 200 dynasty rankings overall mm-hmm. just on all this as well. So that's like a huge jump for him as well. So it, he's going to be somebody that I'm definitely – out of like all the players this year, that like he's on my intrigue list. Like somebody, like I'm gonna be following very closely. Like when I look at the box scores, and I'm watching back NFL replay. Like, ooh, what did Josh Hill do? You know, not more just the stat lines. I want to see it. You know, right, he's somebody right. I actually want to go when I watch the game. Like I'm gonna be watching Josh Hill in an offense and see how he does. Well, you'll see him a lot because we watch the red zone a lot, so he'll be on there. A ton. Oh my! <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Next guy here. Now, this is a guy I mentioned earlier when I was talking to Ant Dynasty Tommy about about. Buy in now, and it feels like you're overpaying now. It's going to pay dividends later. Mm. Martavis Bryant. Right. Now, it's funny because me and Ant Dynasty Tommy were talking uh, last week. He's been aggressively trying to get this guy. And I'm like, yeah, you know, the, what he was offering, he felt like was a lot. And I, I told him, I was like, well, you might be giving up a lot just kind of for Bryant. You know, he, you know Bryant last year, he, he finished his wide receiver 61. You know, he had uh, 26 catches, 200-plus yard games. And the big thing for him was 
He didn't start till week seven. And he had six touchdowns in the first four games he played in. You know, one touchdown, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown. So in that four-game span where he just beasted, you know. And Tommy made the point now. He's like, yeah, he's like, but the thing is, is I think Bryant is for sure going to be a stud. Like, he's like, I'm just for sure. And he's like, if I feel like if I don't buy now, if I don't act now, he's going to be a player that I won't be able to get. Like, uh, he's yeah. going to be that kind of player. Yep, I, I agree with him. And I did, and I, and I did too. And at the time, I'm like, you know what? You're right, because I like Brian a lot too. And I'm sitting here saying, wait, like, why would I say that if I believe this? Like, don't wait, get him now. So, you're right. If other people are going to say like you're overpaying, I might give you some crap about it. They're going to be eating crow later, because right now, even all the reports out of Pittsburgh is Martavis Bryant looks fantastic. I mean, he bulked up to what, like two twenty five or something. Yeah, like, he had like that. twenty pounds, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, the guy is he's six foot four. He was two two eleven at the combine, and you yep. know he's up to two twenty five. Wow, and that's just a whole like beastie. Like he he took basically no off season from what all the reports say, and he just like worked his butt off and got better. I mean, and he was what making an he was making like huge plays to begin with. I mean, his twenty six receptions went for over five hundred yards and yeah. eight touchdowns. Like, dude, if you need any more evidence than that, I mean, you're kind of crazy. And we liked him coming out as a rookie. We right. said, you know, don't let this guy get past the third round from you. Right. Uh, he's a sneaky play. He's always overshadowed at Clemson, you know, with Sammy Watkins and DeAndre Hopkins. He was always overshadowed, but always a good uh, receiver. And even now he's overshadowed by Antonio Brown, but he is the complete opposite of Tony Brown. And he is somebody that's going to be, again, I agree with you. I agree with Tommy. And I think this guy is going to be a stud, like stud, like possible, you know, middle to high end wide receiver two potential in that offense. Definitely with guy with the running game they have and Antonio Brown to offset him. He's not going to be somebody who can just really double up. And with right. his size and his speed, I mean, touchdowns could come up plenty with this guy. And they don't have a tight end that's noteworthy. I mean, Heath Miller is a serviceable guy, but he's not going to catch a ton of passes or anything. Oh, they got drafted Jesse James. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> like I said, they don't have a tight end or anything. So Martavis Bryant, I mean, I think he's going to be getting those those looks in the red zone as well. Yeah, I, I've heard some good things about Marcus Wheaton coming out of there as well. But again, I think Martavis Bryant is the guy to own. I think he could be somebody that's going to be a stud. So good where he might even be playing in Pittsburgh in four years because he's going to want a really big contract and Pittsburgh might not be able to pay him. Almost like kind of like Plexico walk. walk. Uh, but he's somebody that I am enamored with. The Nammer, I grow more and more fond of him uh, this offseason. But at the same time, he's somebody that we've liked from the get-go. And, yep. I, and we were all on that train during the rookie draft. We all liked Martellus Bryant. And we said he was great value in his rookie draft. And now we feel like he's good value now to the point where you – should probably buy. Buy now. If, if see at least field offer and see what they're asking. Cause I'd give up I'd give up a first round pick for Martavis Bryant. I would definitely would. Yeah. And there's gonna be owners out there like, wait, what'd you offer? Yeah. A right. first round pick for Martavis? Pfft, heck yeah. I got him in the third last year. I'll take it. Again, and, and it's a huge, it's one of those reasons you take best player available. Right. You you listen to us and you take Martavis Bryant last year in your rookie draft and now all of a sudden you turn and you, even though you were deep at receiver and now you can flip him for a first round pick. That's called Smart Dynasty GM, and folks. Yes, it is. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you're you're you agree, right? Totally, I, I totally agree on Mark Davis Bryant. Yep. Okay. Um, Mark, let's move on to a guy that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Joseph Randall's on your list. We talked about Joseph Randall. No, I don't think you were here for that episode, but me oh, and Mike did. Okay, I must have missed it. I wish I had some. I, w- I wish I went back and had the stats I had about uh, Joseph Randall. I had some good ones on him, uh, but. 
I don't have in front of me, but they were a good ones. So if you go back a couple episodes when we talked about Joseph Randall's, I think it was a running back two episode. If we did that, if that's the name of it. Okay. I don't remember. Mm, me Sorry. Neither. My memory's, uh, it's going to my old age. Yeah, we're getting pretty crusty. Uh, Joseph Randall, he's uh, 23, and they just cut Ryan Williams. So sure it's did. just Lance Dunbar, and Joseph Randall, and Darren McFadden. Right. An injury waiting to happen. So who's going to, I mean, out of there, if you're, you tell me who's going to play the most, I'm saying Joseph Randall. I'm definitely saying Joseph Randall. I mean, I, listen, I think Run DMC is a, a pretty good running back, but I just don't think he can ever stay healthy. He's The way he's built is, is I think we've talked about this before. I, we just don't think he can hold up. Yeah. He's got, like, the thin hips and the thin little legs and thin little ankles and just things that... Ugly woman. Yeah, he'd just be a terrible woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, Joseph Randall, I mean, he, he averaged 6.7 yards per carry last year. That's gross. Which is, a, you know, just ridiculous. He can catch the ball pretty ba- pretty well out of the backfield. Um, he hasn't had a lot of practice doing it, only 12 receptions in the past year, but we know, we can, we know from his college days that he could do it. And uh, I the line's there. Obviously, the, the line is ridiculous, and he's going to have – I. I think he's going to have all the chances in the world. I think he's going to be the number one guy in Dallas. Even if he split, even if he goes 50-50 with Darren McFadden early, like we said, McFadden ain't going to last. And no. I think he, I think Randall's going to be kind of like the hot hand as the games progress. I'm like, you know what? You know, we're splitting. They're going to, like, okay, we're splitting carries, we're splitting carries by the end of the game. Oh, we're just going to get the ball to Randall. You know, as good as Demarco Murray looked in some of those games, when Randall came in, he busted off like huge plays and just looked really explosive. Yeah, so I can you don't see... average six point seven yards per carry by right. You know, so I'm, I, can, I mean, I'm fifty-one carries. Without I mean, big I plays. can see why Dallas was tempted to uh, let Demarco Murray, you know, walk because they have this guy sitting here that they've they've seen. They he's been in the system. He knows the plays, everything. To just kind of hand the reins over. They to. never talked about that. Maybe that's maybe that's one of the reasons they let him walk too. Is that, hey, we got Joseph Randall. Let's give him a shot. See what he has. We'll right. bring in we'll bring in Run DMC as kind of like a a backup kind of. But you know, say he's the man to cover our butts as well, and see what we have in Joseph Randall. Worst worst case scenario, you know, good running back class coming out next year with uh Pittsburgh's running back and Cook and uh you know Ezekiel and Derrick Henry. And there'll be somebody else that comes out that's a stud as well. Right. So you know, worst case, we get it back next year and. Get a really good running back late right. in the first round. Right, so, right. I I agree with you. I like Joseph Randall take a big step this year. He is still in the dynasty community, kind of like people are kind of feeling that as well. But nobody knows. Again, somebody might buy. You know, time to buy might be now. Right. You know? Somebody might be itching to like sell while he kind of has some value still. Yeah. Because they might think, hey, he's going to take a crap, but I I really don't think he's going to. I think he's going to have a pretty solid year. No, I agree with you. I, I, I'm in that too. I think he I think he easily be a running back two this year. Easily. And then he could be one of those guys that just comes out of nowhere like Justin Forsett and finish really high in the mm-hmm. rankings. Mm-hmm. Um so last guy we're gonna talk about here is a guy that I feel everybody's down on. And I get tons of Twitter questions about this guy, like, Oh, should I trade him for this? Or should I trade him for that? Or should I give this guy for this? And I, mo- nine out of ten times I'm like, No. No, that's Sammy Watkins. Let's say, who are we talking about, Rich? Sammy? Sammy Watkins. Now, again, if if you've been a fan of the podcast, you if you go into last year, we talked up Sammy Watkins like there is no tomorrow. Still, to me, one of the better college wide receivers that I've ever, you know, scouted. I guess is you know the the way to put it. I'm not a, I'm not an NFL scout, um, but Washington College, right? I mean, the guy is amazing, and people want to talk about like, well, there's EJ Manuel, and they have no quarterback. Well. You know, A.J. Green has Andy Dalton. That's my number one response. People say that. Like, oh, what about quarterback? Like, well, 
You know, DeAndre Hopkins did pretty well with no quarterback last year. Right. And A.J. Green does pretty well with Andy Dalton. And who was throwing to Sammy Watkins last year? Um, Kyle Orton? Thaddeus Lewis? Thaddeus Lewis? <laughs> I mean, he got 982 yards with a bunch of scrubs throwing yeah. the ball. Like, People, he was a rookie last year. Right. And a ter- with no QB, no run game, essentially. Right. Nobody else around him. And he was banged up because he did have offseason surgery for that torn labrum. labrum. Sammy Watkins finished the year as wide receiver 24, okay? That was a, he's a wide receiver two last year right. as a rookie, banged up, and one of the worst offenses you know, out there in the NFL. This guy is, I'm telling you, this guy is, to me, he's almost in that kind of like Amari Cooper. You know, he's in that Amari Cooper range where he's like, to me, like he's a for sure thing. Like, be, I'm I mean, still standing by that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, when you said, when you wanted, you, you brought up Sammy Watkins for this episode, I was kind of like, Sammy Watkins? Well, I mean, like, I think he already, I think he's already too good to be a breakout, to be honest with you. I, just, but I'm I going guess, for I what guess, I see on Twitter. Yeah, you know I was, was, was going to say, I guess I haven't been getting the kind of feedback you have yeah, from, um, from Twitter. I mean, if you guys are on Twitter, you guys know I'm very, you know, I've never not answered a question on Twitter. You know, I've got thousands of followers and I, I've never not answered a question and I get tons of questions, dynasty trade questions. And lately I've been seeing a lot of Sammy Watkins questions and should I trade him for this or trade him for that? And I think I still have on my big board, my top 200 big board. I have Sammy Watkins pretty high. Like he's in like the top 20 for sure. Mm -hmm. And he's somebody that, you know, again, this is dynasty. Sammy Watkins is young. Buffalo is going to figure out their quarterback within the next five years. Yeah, I do definitely. And there's no reason now that Sam Watkins is 100% healthy. He's saying he's feeling like he's 17, which is kind of weird that he brought up that age. He's like, I feel like I'm 17 again. It's like, well, that's kind of weird. Kind of weird. I wasn't that strong when I was 17. Yeah, it's like, well, how strong I was, was I? I was way stronger when I was 22. Uh, <laughs> but listen, I think, I think what, what's happening is a lot of people saw what, like, Odell Beckham was, and and – I think that really like skewed a lot of people's opinions where they thought, you know, obviously they were taking Sammy Watkins as like the first wide receiver last year, but then they saw some guy that went later, like outshine pretty much all of history of of rookie wide receivers. And I think that's what they were hoping to get when they got Sammy Watkins. So maybe they're just a little down because because of that what happened when he got drafted people were like "Ooh, do i move sammy watkins down because he's in buffalo and my answer then was no right and but well, we told people at the same time like if you take mike evans over sammy watkins now before we said no for sure take sammy watkins but if you take mike evans that's that's not there's nothing wrong with that but even so after we went to buffalo like okay now it's almost 50 50 we prefer watkins and now you know mike evans and odell beckham are head of uh sammy watkins in dynasty rankings but situation plays in that as well right the, the talent's still there and, Absolutely. you know, Mike Evans showed last year they could play in the NFL, but he, he was a question mark coming in. He was still our number two overall rookie. But Sammy Watkins is somebody to me, like, he's still – he the ceiling for him is still through the roof. I still think he's an elite talent. Again, he finished his wide receiver 24 last year, banged up in a horrible offense. He had four games with over 100 yards right. last year. The dude's ribs were cracked, like, the entire year. Yes. He's a machine. I, right. I love Sammy Watkins. So, we're – like you said, like, oh, how do you put him on a list against the other guys? Because I think he can go from wide receiver 24 to wide receiver 12. I mean, I think he has a potential. Now, is it going to be easier for him to do it this year with the quarterback situation? Probably not, but maybe, like, something can work out. You know, right. with, I think they have Ryan Fitzpatrick there, right? So I can't even keep track. I can't that. keep track either. I, I know, like, they're talking of, no, it's Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Oh, he's so bad. 
Tyrod Taylor they're talking about. Oh, could he's probably, so bad. Could probably win that game. EJ Manuel's so bad. How did they not sign Brian Hoyt? What are they doing with Matt Castle? He is so terrible. Yeah, he's bad. He is like a guaranteed like interception machine. But he might not start. They might just go Tyrod Taylor and hope for the best. Oh, poor Sammy, man. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of a rough year, I don't know. At least start of the year. Yeah, so I mean for him to be on a breakout list kinda he might do the same thing this year, but the whole point I want to bring up too is like don't because I thought of him like everybody's so down on him. Stick through the trouble that Buffalo's having and get through it because when you do, it's gonna be so rewarding. And if you're in one of my leagues and you own Sammy Watkins, I'll buy him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if you what do you want? Him, yeah, I'll give you my first round pick. Yeah, if you want to sell him. Yeah, I I saw somebody they like, offered like a high second round pick and something for Sammy Watkins. I'm like, uh, no, dude. You're yeah. talking about the number one overall pick last year. And you know, you know what the worst is? You know, you're the, you're the guy that took Mike Evans number one overall in your league. He's like, see, I told you so. Yeah, I told you. Shut up, dude. Time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> uh, so, well, that's it. That's our wide receivers, second, third year. Not wide receivers, but second and third year players. Um, most of those guys on there you probably know. And, you know, some of them, I mean, you know all of them, but, you know, a little bit more attention. Right. Uh, Pay attention them. to these guys. Try to buy them. Scoop them up during draft time if you can. and and you know, before the season starts. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to David Randall in Bazier City, Louisiana. He bought four Dynasty Nerd t-shirts. Dude, nice work, man. Yeah, I'm sure they're all for him. Him and his buddies are going to be styling now. Oh, they're going to be looking so good. They're in their rookie drafts and <laughs> high-fiving. So um, and always remember, if you want to support the website or pod, in the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to buy Dynasty Nerds t-shirt on the shop. They look great. They feel great. Uh, we got a new batch in uh, to replace all the ones that we sold out of. They look great. Everybody that has them tells me they love them. I love them. Me and they too, look man. good. Yeah. They look really good. So... Again, it helps support the podcast. It helps support the website. Every, like, two shirts we sell pays for the podcast for a month. And we have exciting news. We're in the process of hiring seven new writers for the website. So the podcast does amazing. Uh, The amount of people that download this per episode still kind of blows my mind uh, for how many of you are out there. But now we're looking to take the website to the next. I think the website's pretty swell myself as it is. Of course. But, uh, you know, I write articles. We, you know, there's only a couple of us that have been able to write articles, and we have the occasional donor. So now we're trying to take the website to have something that, so we have out there at least minimum one article every day. Uh, we got a lot of articles sent to us that we are reading. So it's probably going to take the next week for us to really narrow down uh, who the seven paid writers are. But, again, that's, again, you buying T-shirts and you just actually going to DynastyNerds.com every day allows us to do that you know this is this is something that we're doing to make sure we put all the money we get back into the site to give you the best dynasty experience you, you possibly can ha- have and help again it all goes back to help you win a championship that's right you know uh we do this because we love dynasty fantasy football we've had success playing dynasty fantasy football so this isn't like a something we're, we're trying to get rich on so some, literally something to help it's something we love to do and something to help literally all the people out there that love it as well to be better dynasty players. Because as we do it, we become dy- better dynasty players as well. So the best way to do that uh, financially-wise is buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. And, and honestly, again, if you can't do that, get on iTunes or any format you uh, listen to the podcast on and give us a rating and a review. Again, 
those websites that host the podcast or you listen to, they see that and they put us at the top of the list when it comes to fantasy football. And a lot of you have done that. And I thank you greatly for that. Cause right now when you do search the podcast, either fantasy football or dynasty, we're one of the top of the charts. But if 18 more of you go out there and give us a review on iTunes, we can be the number one reviewed dynasty podcast in the world. Nice. In the world, people, in you can help us world. be number one. Cause right now we're number three. <laughs> wow. It's a close race though. Well, we're number one when you search for it, but when, yeah, yeah. when it comes to ranking reviews, but we're close. All we're right. really close. And nice. you, the listeners, the fans, can make all the difference. Uh, in the meantime, you can get on DynastyNerds.com every day. Check out our rankings. Uh, get on our forum. Interact with the awesome player people on there as well. Uh, the new writers will be on there as well to give their uh, opinions and theories on Dynasty Fantasy Football. Uh, and on Twitter, we'll be announcing the new writers here as they come along. Again, we have a lot of uh, submissions. A lot. If you're hearing this, and I think, uh, you have, I think we're going to give it to about Sunday to get all the people in there, and you think you can write for DynastyNerds.com, feel free to e- email me, rich at DynastyNerds.com. And I'll send you the guidelines over of what we're looking for. And if you can get a sample article in before Sunday, well, you might be the next Dynasty Nerd staff member. Whoa. Look at us. Big time. Hiring people. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my. <laughs> this website has grown. Moving on up to the Dynasty side. I'm the worst singer alive. Yeah, we're both pretty bad, man. But in the meantime, if you want to talk about to me about how bad my singing is or how much right I am over Matt, but you can hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. Obviously, you'll be hitting me up at Dynasty Matt and not him. Well, we all know where this is going. Yeah, base. Uh, and if you want to also hit up the website at Dynasty Nerds, you can follow them too. And if you don't follow at Dynasty Matt or at Dynasty Rich or at Dynasty Nerds, sign up and uh, follow us. And if you don't have Twitter, you're really missing out on the Dynasty world because it's just full of information. A lot of good stuff happens on Twitter. Uh, yes, it a does. A lot of trade talk, a lot, a lot of just general dynasty talk. And it's instant, it's instant too. So like if you put a question on a form and you can't get it right, you know, if you want, hey, who do I start on Sunday? Who do I start? Josh Hill or Tyler Eifert? Right. That stuff goes right to us. It, it, it'll pop right up. I mean, the, the forum we have to actively look for and stuff like that. So yep. it's a little harder to get to us that way. If but, I'm pre-gaming a Browns game, I might give you my drunk response. That's all right. He might give his drunk response. Ha ha. Well, until then, guys, uh, I think next week maybe we'll do the the rookie draft years in review episode. How does this sound to you? That sounds good. There'll probably be some training camp notes and stuff like that to start off the show, I'd imagine, as well. Training camp starts yeah. tomorrow for the Browns. Oh, yeah. God, I'm so happy. Yep. My wife's not. No. Yeah, but what does she know? Yeah, they're going to hate us for like the next six months. Oh, she hates football season. Yeah. But she loves me. There you go. So until then, next week, guys, again, uh, DynastyNerds.com. Get on there. Rank and review. Buy a T-shirt. Support the site. We love you guys. Until then, have a good one. T-shirts. Get your T-shirts. Ready, set, Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. 